I want to read the table grace for today. You had this booklet on your table, you would sing for your meal today to the tune Lions or Oh Worship the King. When we sit to eat, we're always aware that all of our meals are signs of your care. We take not for granted this food we now eat, but think on thee, Christ, and thy blessings so sweet. So if you've been needing to freshen your table, uh, these are available uh, at the product table, and that's where I'll greet you tonight at the end of our time together. I stayed in touch with my third grade teacher from public school 11, PS 11, in the Bronx, New York, until she died. I was in my 30s, and I stayed in touch with Edna McAvenny, a lady who lived in New Jersey, but came over the George Washington Bridge every morning, September to May, September to June, to teach kids in the Bronx, New York, and she was a treasure. When I was in the third grade, Edna McAvenny was teaching, and I wondered aloud, I said to her, Mrs. McAvenny, if my birthday is November 16th, and my grandfather's birthday is November 17th, then how come he's older than I am? Mine comes first. Mrs. McAvenny said, this is almost a direct quote, well, Richard, maybe he was born in a different year than you were. And as soon as she said that, all the pieces of understanding regarding calendars and dates and how you compute those, it all came together in a moment. She had the opportunity to crush me and to call me stupid, which she did not. She simply said, well, Richard, maybe he was born in a different year. And then I got it. Maybe this is what Paul is doing in this text in Romans 6, 19. Listen to him. He's so gentle. I speak to you now in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. The New International Version says, I'm using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. So gentle. Could have called them stupid. The contemporary English Version says, I'm using these everyday examples because in some ways you're still weak. English Standard Version. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. The message, Eugene Peterson's work. I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. After writing to them about some very heady complex doctrinal issues. He takes a little breather and he says, I'm, I'm putting it this way because of your limitations. 
He's like the gentle third grade teacher. I don't know the nature of the weakness to which he refers. Is it an emotional limitation? Is it a physical limitation, an intellectual limitation, a spiritual limitation? Whatever it is, they can't get it if I frame it in a certain way. So let me, without being condescending, break it down and even bring it down so they can get it. He's framing it in accessible language. And I really appreciate Paul. After those words, he rehearses the Romans' past. When you were slaves to sin, I'm not a fan of people who feel the need to bring up my past to me all the time. I know what I've done. <laughs> I know what I've said. You don't need to bring it up all the time. Paul seems to have no shame, by the way, in reminding people what they have been. That uh, you're in Romans, just turn to the right. We're going to come right back to Romans 6, so please put a marker in it. But go just a few pages to the right or access on your smart device 1 Corinthians 6. Let me remind you of a passage there. 1 Corinthians 6. Paul is rehearsing the Corinthians' past. Verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I think, Paul, oh, I'm trying to put that behind me. Why do you have to bring that up again? But, but you were washed and sanctified. You've been cleaned up. But I just wanted to remember with you what you were. If you're already there in 1 Corinthians, you might turn further to the right and go to chapter 12. And in verse 2, Paul writes, You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. He seems to have no hesitancy reminding people of what they were. When you were slaves to sin, back to Romans 6, Paul says, you acted in a certain way, but now, but now, now you're something else. Now you, you have a different fruit. You are exhibiting the fruit of holiness. We often use Romans 6.23 as a standalone verse to tell people about their need for Jesus. And we will quote Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And it is a good verse. But it's even a better verse when we see it in context. Paul is talking about what these folks were and how they used to conduct themselves and the consequences of that life. 
But see it now in the context of this chapter. We who were once slaves to righteousness, that is, we are slaves to sin, rather, we did whatever sin told us to do, are now slaves to righteousness, and we do whatever righteousness tells us to do. Now, Paul is very shrewd here, and this is a good truth to remember. You never stop being a slave. You just change masters. You were slaves to sin. That's a lifestyle. And once you said yes to Jesus, you slavishly obey him just like you obeyed sin and obeyed evil. So it's not that you're not going to be a slave anymore. You'll always be a slave. The question is whether you'll be a slave of sin or a slave of righteousness. Paul argues that slaves simply change masters. The part of becoming holy is that we say no to the dominion, the, the domination, the tyranny of sin and evil, and we say yes to the dominion, to the control of Jesus. But I want you to see it in the text. Romans 6 19, let me go to verse 20. For when you were slaves of sin, he brings up that past, you were free in regard to righteousness. That is, when you were slaves to sin and really into it, you were not thinking about righteousness. You were free from giving any thought to righteousness. But what fruit did you have then in those things of which you're now ashamed? What fruit did that following evil spin off. The end of those things is death. You get what you get. When you are a slave of sin, you get sin's fruit. When you are a slave of righteousness, you get righteousness, righteousness's fruit. But now, having been set free from sin... And having become slaves of God, so you're not ever going to not be a slave. You have your fruit to holiness. Now you get the results of a holy life. It spins off a different fruit. I remember when I was just coming out of teenage years and just smelling my own armpits, thought I was a young man, I was going to take on the world. I remember thinking, finally, I will get out of my mother's house. And I will not have to listen to anybody. But you know this is not true. You know that you will always be subject to someone or something. You're not ever going to not be a servant say, well, I'm going to get out of my mother's house. I don't have to take orders from anybody. And then you go to college and you take orders from your professor who tells you there's a deadline and this paper must be in my hand, in my mailbox on such and such a date. And you don't get to just do whatever you'd like to do. Or you leave your mama and your daddy's house and you go rent an apartment. You say, I don't have to listen to anybody. But your landlord tells you I must have the rent in my box by the fifth of the month or you're going to be subject to a great fine, or I will possibly evict you. Oh, I don't have to listen to anybody. Well, yeah, you do. 
<laughs> you have to listen to the management here. Oh, I'm going to move out of my parents' house. I don't have to listen to anybody. And you go to work, and you have a supervisor, you have a boss, you have an employer. You, you, you'll never not be subject to somebody. And this is Paul's point. He says, when you were a slave to sin, you did what sin told you to do, and it bore its fruit. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, you are continually a slave, but now you are a slave of God, and you see the fruit of holiness. I want this life. Paul gives us a contrast between two lives, doesn't he? He tells us there are two ways we can go here. In fact, I want to suggest that there is a pair, two pairs of phrases I want to look at. I want to look at the from and to and wages and gifts. From and to, wages and gifts. The whole life of holiness is a life that is always managing the froms and twos. We go from darkness to life. We go from, from darkness to light, from death to life, from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God, from being slaves of sin to being slaves of righteousness. We're always doing from and to, from and to, from and to. From slavery to slavery, from a life of a certain kind to a life of another kind. From, to, from, to. And we will always be doing this. We'll be doing this for the rest of our days. From lack of understanding to knowledge of the Christ. From an evil mind to the mind of Christ. From being completely spiritually naked to being clothed in his righteousness from being completely vulnerable to the evil one to being dressed in spiritual armor of a certain description, Ephesians chapter 6, from, to, from, to. You hear it in the text. What fruit did you have then in all the things of which you're now ashamed? But in the end of those things is death. But now having been set free and having become slaves, you have your fruit to holiness. Do you hear it? You went from this to that. And Paul will say that each of those lifestyles, the life of slavery to sin, the life of slavery to God, pays a wage. He puts it in terms of wages and gifts. The wages of sin is death. When you are under the dominion of evil, you get paid. But well, it's not good wages. If you leave that life, go from there to the kingdom life, you don't earn wages, you receive gifts. The late John Stott, in his commentary on the book of Romans, says there's a paradox here. Stott says, each freedom is a kind of slavery, and each slavery is a kind of freedom. Did you see it in the text? When one is a slave to sin, verse 20, 
One is free from righteousness. Each slavery is a kind of freedom, and each freedom is a kind of slavery. Conversely, when one is set free from sin, verse 22, that freedom is a new kind of slavery by which we bind ourselves deliberately to the saving, freeing God. Each slavery is a kind of freedom, and each freedom is a kind of slavery. I'm a slave of Christ, and you, if you've said yes to Jesus, are a slave of Christ, and that slavery brings a wonderful freedom. And that freedom brings a wonderful slavery. We are bound to him unapologetically. I told you that I'm an animal lover. If I had land and I was not traveling, moving around like I am now, I, I might have a little mini zoo. I'd be a little kind of a chocolate Dr. Doolittle. I'd have miniature horses and a couple of nice dogs and maybe some primates, and I'd, I'd just have a good old time. But the truth is I, I have neither time nor space nor a wife would, who would allow that. Just. I have many years of experience raising hamsters. At one time, I had a colony of 26 hamsters. And when I've wanted to give a hamster freedom, I have opened up, there's a, there's a plexiglass ball, it's a globe, and it has a, a threads in the middle of it, and so you can simply take the globe apart, it comes in two parts, you take the top half off, you put the hamster in there, it has holes in this globe, then you screw the top back on, then you put the globe on the ground and the hamster can go all over the house. This is a great metaphor for what happens to you and to me when we say yes to Christ. You become these holy hamsters who are bound but free. The hamster can go all over the place in the plexiglass globe but the hamster is contained. I still have control over where the hamster goes, but the hamster can go lots of places, free but bound. That's you, that's me. It's not that we get to do any and everything we want, for we are bound to the one who has values for us and commands for us to obey and a certain life he expects of us. But we are free from the dominion of the one who wanted us to go nowhere in life. Bound and free at the same time. Saying no to the wages of sin and yes to the gift of God in Jesus Christ. This is an apt description of the holy person, the person who hungers for holiness, is ever committed to moving from and to, and saying no to the wages and yes to the gift, and moving around freely in the confines of the eternal, who calls us to himself, 
and who holds us to himself and who allows the umbrella of his love and his grace. Hungering for holiness, becoming the holy hamsters of God, is a choice one makes. For one can say, I, I rather like being a slave of sin. Or one can say, the bondage which Jesus offers is a better bondage. Whoever thought there'd be such a term? A better bondage? Yes, this is a better bondage. Because every bondage is a kind of freedom, and every freedom is a kind of slavery, a bondage. But this which he offers, ah, I'd, I'd rather have that. Johnny Erickson Tata tells the story of her being paralyzed and becoming a quadriplegic in an instant after a diving accident. I heard her speak on one occasion and she said, it took my becoming a quadriplegic for me to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Then she said this, and she spent more than half her life in a wheelchair. And this is a great line. She said, I'd rather be in this chair knowing him than walking around not knowing him. I'd rather be in this chair. I'd rather know this confinement. I'd rather know this bondage and know him than to be walking around not knowing him. Every freedom is a form of slavery and every slavery is a form of freedom. She is a slave to her chair, but she is freed in Christ. And before she met him, she was free from a chair bound her sin. And if it took this chair and this experience for me to get to know the Christ, I welcome this bondage, this slavery. What, what a concept, what a statement. May God help you and me to get very serious about describing, articulating kind of bondage we're going to be in. You're going to serve somebody. Question is who? And to what degree? I am a slave of Jesus. I will do what he said. I hope he doesn't have to whip me in order to get me to comply. Let me read the text one more time without comment. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh, for just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, 
you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and to the end, everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, you holy hamsters. Let's talk to our master. Holy God, we thank you for both bondage and freedom, both of which we know in thee. Thank you for binding us to thyself in Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the great words that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. We thank you that we are connected to you, that we slavishly obey you, and we thank you that in you we are free, ultimately free, free from the dominion of sin, free from the need to work our way into your salvation. And we thank thee. Thank you for our brother Paul and for his articulation of your truth that we might understand what is expected of us. Thank you for Paul's putting it in terms that the Romans could understand and that we could as well. We praise you for the lives that you have laid out for us, for the paths you have set before us, for the gifts you have entrusted to us, and for our journey, that from to journey on which we all find ourselves. Grant, O oh Lord, that we may serve thee with distinction until traveling days are done and we see thee face to face. Until then, grant that we may be found faithful and diligent and serious. Thank you for the freedom you provide and for the bondage We bless your name. We come to you in the name of Jesus, who while on earth obeyed you and was a slave to God. May we imitate him, stating our desires and then saying, as did our Lord, Nevertheless, not what I will, 
but what thou wilt. Give you thanks and praise in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody sang Amen. Everybody sang Amen. Everybody sang Amen. 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 Before uh, you come in, before our staff person comes and gives you some words of instruction, uh, I simply want to pronounce upon you a benediction. Uh, tomorrow morning, by the way, I will have a Q&A time after my uh, last message of this series. I'm sorry, after the morning message. Uh, also speak tomorrow night. But after the morning message, I'm going to have a Q&A time, and it'll be 45 minutes of open mic you can go in any direction you want to go in. Uh, so look forward to that. Get your questions ready. I'll formulate them tonight if you'd like. Uh, but we'll, we'll do that. It'll be a very informal time tomorrow morning. Would you please look up and allow me to pronounce upon you a blessing? And now, beloved, go from this place as glad slaves, obeying God who in Christ has called us to be tethered to him, may we accept the cuffs and bind ourselves to this one glorious God. The Lord bless you and keep you and cause his radiant beatific face to shine upon you. May you find yourselves saying yes more than no and complying more than rebelling. When God looks on you, may he be pleased. May you make God smile by the way you live. May the devil be terrified every time you put your feet on the floor in the morning. Amen.